Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Let's get on with this tonight. This is Jack here. Hello, everybody. How are you doing tonight? I hope you're doing well. But by the sounds of it and by the looks of it, you're not doing very well. What do I mean by that? Well, most of the people listening here tonight are trying to lose weight. Why are they trying to lose weight? 
They're trying to lose weight because of what they think losing weight will do for them or get them. That's right. They, you, I mean, look, if being overweight was a good thing, then everybody would want to be overweight. But we have a lot of overweight people, a lot of people that are significantly overweight. In fact, two-thirds of our population fall in one of three categories. They're either overweight, obese, or morbidly obese. They fall in one of those three categories. I have fallen in all three of those categories in my lifetime. I've been overweight. I've been obese. I've been morbidly obese. And I've been lean. So I've I've fallen in several different categories. At weight. Overweight, obese, morbidly obese. If you're overweight tonight, if you're obese or morbidly obese, I don't know why you're sitting on the pity party, pity potty. I don't know why you're sitting on the pity potty because you're in good company. There's more people like you than are not like you. In fact, it's your environment that is partially to blame for you being overweight, obese, or morbidly obese. That's right. It's Your environment is partly to blame for you being in one of those three categories. Because you look around, you're not, you're not in that bad of shape. Got, uh, you know, millions and millions of people on depression medication. Millions and millions of people that are on uh, diabetic medications. And I'm not talking about a type 1 diabetic whereby a virus attacked their pancreas or some uh, genetic problem caused them to be a diabetic. I'm talking about the onset of diabetes because of a food addiction. That's what I'm talking about tonight. That's what I'm talking about. You've got... Millions and millions and millions of people on high blood pressure medication. Millions and millions of people on drugs and alcohol. Millions and millions and millions of people depressed and on Prozac and all kind of other stuff. I mean, you're in good company. You're in really good company. So there's nothing to be depressed about because you're common. You're a common person dealing with a common problem that's common to all people in your environment. And like a virus, the virus has attacked you. You know, if you you go into a grocery store and you touch uh, somebody's sick, they go in the bathroom, they're sick, and they, they touch something, leave their germs behind and before those germs die, you follow in behind them and you touch the same thing. Then you hand to mouth, you, you get sick. You know, it's not your fault. You got sick. You're sick because you picked up somebody else's germs and you caught a virus. Same thing's happening to people that are overweight, that are obese, that are morbidly obese. 
Same thing's happening. Depressed people everywhere. Depressed because other people are depressed. It's a virus of the mind. It's a virus of the mind. And you've caught it. I don't guess it's your fault because you caught it. You caught the virus of the mind. So get up off the pity potty. There's no need for you being on the pity potty. It's not necessary because you're just common. You're a common person. An ordinary person is called a virus. The virus of excusitis. The virus of stinking thinking. The virus of sitting on the pity potty. The pity potty of life. In fact, I, I would liken it to this. I was I went walking today. I went walking and uh, I tried to get in a, a lot of steps today. I had had a bad moment and I went and I just walked it off, right? Instead of sitting on the pity potty, I went and I walked it off. So I went and uh, I walked maybe three and a half, four miles and I had to pee. That's right, I had to pee. And I, I, I come up off the beach and I went to the public restrooms and I opened the little door there and I went in there and somebody flittered all over the daggone pot. They flittered on the pot. Good thing I didn't have to do a number two, flittered all over the pot. And I thought about all those germs and all that bacteria, disgusting. These people are just freaking disgusting these days. They have no self-respect, no dignity, no pride. Thank God I didn't have to do a number two. I had to clean that up and sit down there on the pot where all the flitter was. And I might have caught a virus. I might have caught some sort of bacterial virus. That's what people are doing today. Common people, ordinary people. Christian people that say that they're uncommon, that they're not ordinary. The Bible says this. The Bible says that you and I are not common, that we're uncommon. We're called to cleanness, and we're called to uncommonness, but we're acting like the rest of the world. That's what we're doing. We're acting like the rest of the world. you dang straight. Even Jesus got on to everybody over there. He said, Oh, my gosh. He said, y'all got so many laws, so many ordinances about eating off of a clean plate or drinking out of a clean cup. Don't you know that it's not what goes in you that defiles you, but what comes out of you that defiles you? It's not the food that you eat or the beverages that you drink. You've, you've made these doctrines as though they're from God, but they're of men. It's not what you drink. It's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what comes out of you. And Jesus even said, y'all ain't going to believe part of this, but Jesus even said, I'm not even talking about doo-doo. He said, when you eat and when you drink, your body purifies what you eat and what you drink, but y'all are pitching a fit about what you eat and about what you drink what people eat and what they drink, pitching a fit. 
And he said, God's made your body so that it purifies everything that comes through it. And then when it goes out through the drought, it, your body's purified. Your body's left clean. But y'all are so hung up on the outside of the cup and the outside of the platter that you're not interested in the inside of it. Jesus said it. I might be paraphrasing. Let me get another drink of wine here. Jesus said it. That's what he said. People don't want to hear it. Pharisees didn't want to hear it. The Sadducees didn't want to hear it. But that's what was said. Now, Travis, you just said that the Bible says that everything we eat is lawful. Now, it may not be expedient, but it's lawful. We can eat whatever we want, when we want, as much as we want. But here's the deal. When it becomes an idol and makes you sick and makes you unhealthy, it does defile you. Here's how. Here's how it defiles you. I deal with people all day long that are sitting on a pity potty. Now, let's look at why they're sitting on a pity potty. Here's why they're sitting on a pity potty. <clears throat> I don't feel good. I don't look good. My husband don't love me. My wife won't have sex with me. I'm uh, Y'all think I'm joking. I'm not joking. I hear this kind of stuff. She says I'm a fat slob, and I'm no good for nothing. My husband criticizes me all day, Brother Travis. He won't support me. I talked to a woman the other day. She's a fat woman. She's a big, fat woman, just like I was a big, fat man. I'm not knocking you. I was there. Let's call a spade a spade. I was a big, fat boy, 330 pounds. And I wanted the, the lean people in my life, not the fat people, but the lean people, I wanted them to support me. I wanted them to support me. I wanted them to eat like I was eating so I never had fear of missing out, the FOMO disease. I wanted them to support me, to help me along my journey. But you know what? Their dream don't have to be my dream. They were lean. They were healthy. Now I'm going to try to enforce the restrictions I need to enforce upon myself on them who haven't been living out of balance when I have been living out of balance. That's not fair. So I'd go sit on the pity potty. Talked to a woman the other day. And she said, my husband, my husband won't support me. He won't support me. He's not like just moving earth and water to support me. And I says, he overweight? She said, no, he's skinny as a rail. And I said, why do you need him to support me? Well, he ought to love me. You ought to love yourself. I mean, what in the world is he thinking? Let me tell you what he's thinking. He's thinking if you won't take care of yourself, I, he can't say it, but I can. You won't take care of yourself, then you don't love him because you don't. You obviously do not care how you look. You obviously do not care about your health and what he's going to have to do when you lose your health. You obviously just do not care about it. So why should he care? 
Why should he support you? I know these are hard things, and that's why this is a rated R broadcast. And I'm telling you, people are going to pitch a fit tomorrow. People are going to, except for Amanda Hicks. Amanda Hicks will not pitch a fit. She loves Jack. She loves Jack. Amanda Hicks loves Jack. But most people, do, do. they just do not love Jack because he says things that will cause them to go and look in the mirror, and they're not ready to look in the mirror. These are true sayings, I tell you. Your loved one can't tell you these things because they got to live with your arse. But I'm telling you, all day long, all day long, I've got to talk people into doing the program. Got to talk them into it. That's okay. I don't mind talking to somebody for the first time and trying to talk them into it. Life gets in the way for all of us, children. Life gets in the way for all of us. It does. I understand someone needing a spark. I understand needing someone needing a human touch. I understand someone needing a hug. Ever freaking once in a while. But my gosh, you need it every day? If I got to talk you into it every day, I'll have to talk you into it every day for the rest of my life and your life, and that's disrespectful of the time that I have here on this earth. If you don't want it no worse than that, then just go back to being who you want to be because here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line with the tools and resources that are out there for everybody. There's something for everybody on the marketplace. The tools and the resources that are out there, there's something for everybody, okay? If you don't want to lose weight, been trying to for years and haven't lost weight, it's because you freaking want to be overweight more than you want to be at a lean and healthy weight. Because I believe you have power. I'm not being mean. It would be mean to say, you need me. You, This is mean. This is devaluing you. This is devaluing your arse. For me to say, you need me. You need to plug into me every day. I'm the source of your power. I'm the source of your strength. I'm the guru of all gurus. That would be devaluing you, friend. That would be devaluing you. To value you is to say, are you freaking kidding me? You need me every day? Didn't the Bible say that you were a king or a queen? The Bible says that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So obviously, you're a king, queen, and a lord. I mean, come on, freaking people. Give me a break. Too many of you are walking in the earthly realm. You're walking in the earthly realm. Give me a freaking break. You're not of this earth. You're not of this earth. How many times does it have to be told to you? You are a spirit that is inhabiting a material body. Look, you don't believe me? Go do your, go do your research. You don't need me. Get, get, wise up. Wake up. Go do your research. And you'll find that when the body is dead, dead, when the brain is dead, I mean, the freaking body is dead. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your freaking body, your temporary home, your temporary house is dead as a doornail. They can harvest cells from your brain, and those cells stay alive for weeks. 
And if they feed them, they can stay alive indefinitely. So what's keeping the cell alive? There's something greater than you, my friend. Stop acting like you're this earthly carnal body that's going to die one day and it's over. You're just going to graduate to a new body, a glorified body. That that's sown terrestrial will be raised to celestial. Do you not believe the scriptures? Do you not believe you're a king? Do you not believe that you're a son or daughter of God? If you believe that, you would act like it. And the last thing you would do would be to turn to the weak and the beggarly elements of this world. You keep turning to the weak and the beggarly, beggarly elements of the world. Food. Food is your addiction. You keep turning to it like, oh, it's the solution for your boredom, for your anger, for your stress, for your tears. Give me a freaking break. I mean, get over yourself. Realize who you are in the Lord. Begin to feast on real pleasure. Food's not pleasure. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Real pleasure is walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, knowing who you are in the Lord. What if you walked around all day and said, I'm a king. I'm a Lord. You say, well, that wouldn't be humble. <laughs> Maybe that's your problem. Maybe you've got a false humility. Maybe, you, may, maybe you're acting out on a fault. I'm not talking about a good king, a good son and daughter of the Most High God is not arrogant. But they know who they are in the Lord, and they know they can do anything that they set their mind to. So I value you tonight. I value you tonight. If you're not losing the weight, it's not because poor pitiful you. It's because you don't want to lose weight. So why are you harassing me? Why are you harassing me? You just don't want to do it. Or you do it. You don't want to do it. All I am is a drill. A Black and Decker drill. Seriously. That's all I am. I'm a tool. I could preach on that a while. I'm just a tool. You can use me. I'm a tool. I can make your journey to a lean and healthy and well body efficient. I done figured it all out. I have. I'm just a tool. And you can use me because I'm a tool. But you're the one that's got to pick up the tool and use it. If I go buy a Black & Decker drill at Lowe's, it's not the drill I want. It's the hole in the wall. What do you think weight loss is going to give? Y'all are focused on losing weight. And then you see a freaking chimichanga, and you, you're not focused on losing weight anymore. You're focused on the freaking chimichanga and how it's going to taste in a brief, brief moment. And then it brings hours of pain and regret. Is not that the definition of stupid? Even Forrest Gump says stupid is, stupid does. I'm not stupid. Well, if you keep doing the same things over and over that make you miserable, I would say that's the definition of stupid. S-T-E-W-P-I-D. Stupid. That's stupid. You're better than that. 
You're not a stupid person. You keep doing the same things over and over. You get you get 15, 20 minutes of pleasure, and then you pay for it for 48 hours. Doesn't make sense when you could have appreciated and focused on what you could have and not on what you couldn't have and got the invisible side out of lean, healthy body and success. See, it's not weight loss that you want. It's not. It's really not. It's what it will give you. Self-respect, dignity, power. That's what it will give you. What's wrong with you? Why are you behaving this way? Oh, I forgot. You're common, and you want to be common. You want to be ordinary. I'm going to take a brief break. When I come back, we're going to begin to do a study of one of my favorite books, a book that changed my life because I once, too, sit on the pity potty. And someone had to call the ambulance for me until I read this book. This book changed my life. It's called As a Man Thinketh. It's by James Allen. I'm going to read it because you're too lazy to read it. You're not resourceful enough to download an audio book and to put some earphones in your ears and get you walking done and burn some calories while you're inspired. You're lazy. So I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to give you my own little narrative about it. So for those of you that haven't got scared off yet, I'll be back in just a moment. Thank you. 
Travis has been on the pity potty all day. You got to get his arse off, up off of it. It's only January the 5th, and that sad sack's already on the pity potty, the pity potty of life. My goodness. Let me talk to you for a minute before we start reading this book, giving you a narrative of it, our narrative. If you wanted to give your narrative, then you could get your own talk show. My gosh. Tell you about me. You're going to think I'm on the pity potty, but I'm not on the pity potty. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you why. I've got a rage in me and an anger in me that's pushing me forward to do more. And I hope you can find it in you. Because I got a feeling if you're up, if you're at, it's 8.35. Most of the world's watching Fox News or CNN. Or they're watching The Walking Dead. I don't know what's on tonight. I don't watch that crap. But whatever you're watching, you're watching to escape. But if you're listening to this, it's because, just like that movie The Matrix, there's a quote that says, all real life, is portrayed in the movies. And I, I believe that. I really do. There's a movie, The Matrix. Don't know if you've seen it or not. You should watch it. You should. It's kind of, in my opinion, like Star Wars. Somebody took the Bible and they embellished it, gave new terms, new meanings, new names, and made a movie. God ought to have got all the revenue out of those movies. Bible talks about the Matrix. Oh, Neo, in the beginning of the movie, Neo knew. He didn't have proof, but he knew there was more. He knew there was more. He knew he was meant for more. He knew he was supposed to be more and to do more. And at 8.36 p.m., if you're listening to this, haven't turned this off, then you're Neo. You're the one. You are the one. 
You are meant for more. And what you've been showing the world, it's not you. You know it's not you. I know. I may be your angel tonight. I believe in angels. I have a guardian angel. I talk to my guardian angel every single day. That what you see with your human eyes is all that there is. Give me a break. You really believe that? Do you really believe that? Physics discovers new things every day. At one point in time, they thought an atom was the smallest of the smallest of all particles. Now they split an atom and there's something there. They can't get to the smallest part. There's always something there. Something that we didn't think was there is always there. (laughs) But we, in our arrogance, in in our lack of knowledge, we think that what we see with our pathetic human eyes is all that there is. When there's a dimension, not one, not two, not three, not four, but multiple dimensions, nine that they've already discovered, maybe nine million, maybe infinite dimensions around you, and you think all that there is is what you see with your with your natural, natural eyes. The Bible's tried to hint to you over and over and again that there's more than what you see with your natural eye. Remember when the man of God prayed that his servant's eyes would be open, that they would see the chariots of fire in another dimension coming to protect them and rescue them? Don't you remember how Jesus would be seen after the resurrection? He'd be seen here, and then he would translate somewhere else. There's dimensions. In fact, what we see with our natural eye is less real than what's going on in the spiritual realm. That's right. (laughs) And you sit here and you think about all that you can see with your natural eye. Let's go shopping at Kohl's. Let's go shopping at Kohl's and let's buy a new dress. That should be our goal. Let's get lean so we can buy a new dress. Hey, I want to one day wear a bikini and walk down the beach. All good goals, right? Those are good goals. But if that's all we are, we're not much. The Bible says, don't we know that we're more than the clothes we wear and the food that we eat? You're much more. Some of you listening at 8.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time have a draw, have a feeling deep in your heart, heart, an unsettling feeling that you're more than what you've shown the world so far. If you go look in the mirror right now, are you overweight? Are you obese? Are you morbidly obese? Do you not know that you're more than that? And do you not know that you can fix it in very, very little time? Very little time. But the only way to fix it is to become a master of thought. That's the only way. So let us start tonight with the limited time that we have reading a book because you're too lazy to read it. Reading a book and giving you our thoughts on the book. Here's what I would like. I would like as I read it 
for brave souls to call in and to talk about how they see the passages that I read from this book. Here's the call-in number, 917-889-9115. Write it down. Nine, because you, you never know. The Lord may mysteriously, or your guardian angel may mysteriously whisper in your ear, make your heart speed up and beat within your breast. May, that may happen. And you may have an unction to call in and share your thoughts. Rest assured that I don't cast negative reflection on anyone sharing their thoughts. Only on trolls. You are a troll and you call into my show, I will, I will bust your arse. Or hecklers, I will bust your arse. You don't want none. But if you're a genuine soul, you want to share what you're thinking, what you're feeling about what I read tonight? I will not go jack attack on you. So call in. 917, write it down. 917-889-9115. This is the book everybody should read. Second only to the Bible. <coughs> Second only to the Bible, as a man thinks by James Allen. Let's get started. First chapter, thought and character. The aphorism, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. By the way, that comes from the Bible. James borrowed it from the Bible. The aphorism, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he not only embraces the whole, the completeness of a man's being, when we say man, we're talking about mankind, we're talking about men and women, the whole of a man's being, but it's so comprehensive as to reach out to every condition and circumstance of his life. A man is literally, literally, not figuratively, but literally, what he thinks. In other words, there's figurative and there's literal. Literal means material. In other words, everything that you see in your life, your husband, your wife, your children, their condition, your job, everything, everything, because you're creating the image and likeness of God, everything in your material world is simply a circumstance of what you've been thinking. A man is literally what he thinks. His character being the complete sum of all his thoughts. You go look in the mirror. Some of you getting some of you right now, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Get naked. Y'all get naked. Somebody, somebody that can get naked, get naked. Don't do no selfies and don't send it to me. Get naked. Do it. Do it. It's changed your life. I'm telling y'all. 
Y'all think I'm silly, but it'll change your life. I'm about to change somebody's life right now. I'm going to change your life. Get naked. Get naked. I mean it. Take your clothes off. Take your bra off. Take your panties off. Take your undershorts off. Take your fruit loom off. Take it all off. This is a rated R broadcast. Children should not be listening to it. If you're offended, it's your freaking fault. Take it all off. Now go in there in the the bathroom. Look in the mirror. Do it. Look in the mirror. Just do it. I'm going to change your life right now. I'm going to change your life. Let me give you a minute to get naked. I want some of you to get naked. Do it. Y'all go get naked. Let me give you some naked music. Where's some naked music? (laughs) Here's some. This is getting naked music right here. Y'all go get naked because I'm going to change your life right now.
Chris Stapleton should have done got the clothes off of you tonight. All right. Let me, let me just say this. Disclaimer. Do not send selfies. Do not send selfies to me. Do not. It has happened. It wasn't a naked body, but it was a turd. That's a long story. I've been doing this too long. <laughs> Oh, God help us all. I cracked myself. <laughs> I can't believe this. All right. So, anyway, I've done it. I'm, I kid you not. I've been naked. I mean, bare arse naked in front of the mirror. <laughs> Do y'all know how many clients I'm going to lose tonight? <laughs> you know, we struggle as it is. And, you know, I, I know the whole team right now is going, God help us. We ain't going to have a paycheck Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, 100 years from now, it ain't going to matter. Maybe I can help one person in that. Because I've done this exercise. I've went to the mirror many times. I'm ashamed to admit it. Manly man, not so manly. <laughs> I've went to the mirror many, many times, bare arse naked, and jumped up and down in front of it. I know, it's it's hard. It's hard to do, brother. It's hard to do, sister. It's hard. Bible says this. Y'all going to think I'm crazy. The Bible says this. Bible says that a hearer of the word, someone that will hear the word but not do it, is like a person that beholdeth their face in a natural glass, a mirror, and knows what manner of person they are. But when they've gone away from it, they forget what manner of person they are. I looked in the mirror many times and jumped up and down in front of that mirror with a lot of fat jiggling and itching and said to myself, oh my gosh, it's not good. Not good. It's worse than I thought. Now, here's the point I want to make. I promised you I'd make a point I'd change your life. A man or woman is literally what they think. The character being the complete sum of all their thoughts. When you look in that mirror and you jump, and jump up and down, you see more jiggling and itching than you want to see. My friend, my brother... My sister, it's because of what you've been thinking. It is. You've been thinking about food more than God. You've been thinking about pleasure more than discipline. You've been thinking about your boredom, your anger, your stress. You've been thinking about all those things. And you're the sum total of what you've been thinking. You've got to change your thinking. It's a fact. You've got to change your thinking. 
Let me read some more to you on that. As the plant springs from and could not be without the seed, so every act of a man or woman springs from the hidden seeds of thought and could not have appeared without them. In other words, all that body fat could not have appeared if it hadn't have been for the sinful seed that you were sowing. This applies equally to those acts called spontaneous and unpremeditated as to those which are deliberately executed. In other words, what this is saying, some of your eating was spontaneous. Boy, can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness tonight? I need a witness tonight. I need a witness tonight. Somebody needs to give Jack a witness. Travis gets too much credit for being a good weight loss and wellness teacher. I'm the best one. Can I get a witness? How many times have you spontaneously eaten? It wasn't premeditated. You just did it out of habit. Where did these spontaneous actions occur from? Where did they root from? What was their offspring? It was your thought. Act is the blossom of thought. And joy and suffering are its fruits. Oh, my goodness. Joy and suffering are its fruits. Now, we're talking about suffering, low self-esteem, low self-confidence, devaluing yourself. And rest assured, if you're doing it to yourself, it's going to be done a thousand times over by the people in your life. They will only treat you as good as you treat yourself. But it says that we can achieve joy from our thought. Thoughts are right. Righteous thoughts. Believing thoughts, thoughts of love, love of self, thoughts of self-discipline. These thoughts will give forth fruit and not suffering. Thus does a man or woman garner in the sweet and bitter fruitage of their own husbandry. What is husbandry? In other words, you're planting every day by your by your thought, by your word, and then your action. Your action is just the the offspring of your your thought. And you, you sow all these negative seed or positive seed, and now you are the gardener. And you're going to get the offspring of what you've been planting. Thought in the mind hath made us. What we are by thought was wrought and built. If a man's mind hath evil thoughts and eating too much, overindulging in food, is evil thought. If a man's mind hath evil thoughts, pain comes on him as comes the wheel, the ox behind. If one endure impurity of thought, joy follows that person as his own shadow, sure. 
Think about what that's saying, beloved. Think about that, brothers. Think about that, sisters. If your thoughts be pure and not be on instant gratification, and you do what you're supposed to do even when you don't feel like it, joy will follow you all the days of your life. Why are why am I talking to insane people who don't want no joy? Good Lord. Let's read some more. Man and woman are a growth by law and not a creation by artifice. And cause and effect is as absolute and undeviating. Oh, gosh. I got to start over, y'all. This is too... It's too much for me. It's too, it, it is too beautiful for me. This is too beautiful for me. It's, I can't handle it. My soul cannot contain it. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Listen, man and woman are a growth by law. You're going to grow by law. And no, you're not a creation by artifice. Cause and effect, absolute and undeviating in the hidden realm. Did I not just tell you about your guardian angel, the hidden realm? In the hidden realm of thought, as in the world of visible and material things, a noble and godlike character is not a thing of favor or chance, but is the natural result of continued effort in right thinking. It's not right thinking to get fear of missing out disease. It's not right thinking to eat whatever you want as much as you want as often as you want when you're already fat. The effect of long-cherished association with God-like thoughts gives you what you want. An ignoble and bestial character, what is that saying? A not noble. In other words, you're not noble if you think like the beast. You have no character. If you, It doesn't matter what the world's telling you. Just because all them's fat, it doesn't matter what the world's telling you. Hey, we're fat. It's okay if you're fat. It doesn't matter. It's ignoble. It's not not a noble character. It's a bestial, animalistic character. The Bible says the spirit of a person goes up. The spirit of a beast goeth downward. If you just eat what you want when you want as much as you want, if you think about this, let me give it to you. In a, if you're just look, it's like a a porn addict. That's right. I'm gonna give it to you like it is. Mm. Let's talk about some porn. I'm going to talk, when I come back, I'm going to talk about porn, okay? Some of you might want to go on and cut this broadcast off, because when I come back, I'm talking about pornography, darn it. Can't help myself from falling. Can't help. 
from falling, nothing but a low light. Think about my old life, I'm trying to fight the good old fight, but after it all, I'm still just a low light. Wanna be a big man, but it's a
talk about before that beautiful song <sighs> I think I said we would talk about pornography <laughs> oh my goodness what a messed up group we are I'm going to talk about porn <laughs> we're such a judgmental people oh my gosh and be careful because the manner by which you judge others, you will be measured by that same judgment. <laughs> be careful. It's better to just be dead, you know, <laughs> to just die daily, you know, and not, not judge anything. Leave that to God. But we judge we judge because we want to feel better about ourselves. You know, if I can find a drug addict that's hooked up on uh, amphetamines that has blemishes all over their skin, I might feel better about my 100-pound fat gain. That's the way it goes. But anyway, God would rather us just love one another, care for one another, help one another. That's what God wants. That's my opinion. But, hey, what do I know? Opinions are like buttholes. They all stink and everybody's got one. <laughs> anyway, I promised a talk on pornography. So, anyway, long, forgive me if I tear up. Forgive me if I cry. We almost lost my mother my natural material mother. Many people have lost their mother, so I have no right to cry. My mom is my best friend. I guess she always has been, and I guess she always will be. I have thought that I have had best friends since her, but they often leave me. They leave me alone. They can't love me for who I am and what I am. But my mother has never ceased to love me for who I am and what I am. I love my mama. I'm not ashamed of my mama. I'm 46 years of age, and I'm not ashamed of my mama. My mama fell in love with a veteran of the Korean War when she was 14 years of age. That's right. Most people would think that we're ignorant people because my mama fell in love with a man who served his country and fought in the Korean War. And he fought. He fought. He was in the hot zone and he fought. My mama fell in love with him when he came back. He was married. He was already married to someone. He came back. She came back from the Korean War, and she was with, or his that the wife that he had that he married before he went to the Korean War. Things that I'll never experience. Thank God. 
He uh, married her, thinking he might die. Went to the Korean War, um, enlisted, went to the Korean War, drafted, I should say drafted. He's a veteran. Went to the Korean War, seen stuff, don't want to talk about it. Come back, married my mama. He started dating her when she was 14 years old. I didn't know then, but I do know now because I've got babies, that that's a baby. 14 years old, you're a baby. I've got a son who's 13, will be 14 in less than a year, and he's a baby. He don't get anything. (laughs) I love you, son, but he doesn't get anything. You know what I mean? He's still wanting to play with lightsabers. So when my dad came back from the Korean War, he started dating a girl that should have been playing with lightsabers. You know what I mean? And my mama, my mama, who always had a little weight problem, she corrected it later in life, much much sooner than I did. Had a weight problem. She still tells tales of eating three and four hot dogs at one time. Great woman. Great woman. 14 years old, falls in love with a veteran from the Korean War. Oh, can I keep from crying? My mama's all I got. So my mama falls in love with this man who's much older than her. And at 16 years of age, still a baby. Don't even know who she is. She don't know who she is. She don't. She doesn't know what she wants. Knowledge is not at the level it is today. And she marries a man at 16 years of age. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. She's so beautiful. Beautiful. My mama is so beautiful. Probably one of the most beautiful woman, women I have ever laid my eyes on. She's a beautiful person, beautiful woman. Her daddy was a preacher. <laughs> I bet you could have guessed that. Her, his name was Blois, B-L-O-Y-C-E, and they called him Glois. Lois Jackson, he was a preacher. I've got one tape of his preaching. It's the only time I ever heard him preach, my papa. Heard him preach one time, just once. He was a simple man, very simple man, very simple man. But believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, very simple Raised three children, my mom being one. And my mom marries this badass. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to say arse tonight. Arse, you know, because people are judgmental. Marries this bad arse. And my daddy was, is, and will always be a bad arse. He don't play. (laughs) No mercy a long story but my dad marries my mom when she's 16 years old she didn't marry him because she was pregnant she married him because she loved him 
And they marry. And when my mom is 18 years old, still a baby, don't even know. There should be a law against getting married before you're 30 because you don't even know who you are. She married my papa, my dad, my daddy. Daddy, that's what I call him. Let's just be real tonight. I call him Daddy, D-E-D-D-Y. D-E-D-D-Y. Daddy. I call him Daddy. She married my daddy. And they were my mom was 18, my dad was 24 when they had me. Very early on, very early on, I was getting picked on at school for being pudgy, for being a little overweight. Girls would make fun of me. It was a bad thing. I know now that this was a really isolated incident. Most teachers are not this way. But a PE teacher who was about to let us play basketball told me to take my shirt off. That we were dividing the teams up into shirts and skins. We're growing up in tougher times than they grow up today in some respects. But I had, you know, the, I, I look like a chunky version of E.T., wide at the waist, narrow at the chest. Boys begin to make fun of me. And it's like a virus. The boys made fun of me. I'll never forget it. Mitch and James made fun of me. They were older than me, and they made fun of me. I'll never forget it. And what, what and how it made me feel. I'll never forget that moment. Horrible moment. And then the girls, now as an adult, I know they were probably just, you know, doing what James and Mitch did. They began to laugh at me and make fun of me. The coach, the PE coach, who actually ran recently for county commissioner, by the way, came up, didn't try to stop the boys. Mitch and James, who are now fat today, said, I'm glad we don't look like him. And the coach said, me too. I'll never forget that moment. I think it's why I do what I do today, hoping that I can prevent another Travis, another travesty. It broke my heart. I didn't know how much it broke my heart, and I did not know how much it would affect me in the future. I had no friends. I had no girlfriends. I fell in love. My father, being a veteran and a tough man, not knowing what I was going through at school was tough on me when I came home. There was a little place. We lived in an 800-square-foot mobile home. There was a little place in the woods that I would go to. It's kind of like a shelter. Couldn't feel the wind. Trees all around. I'd go down there and I would hide and I would pray to God. Nobody told me about God. 
but I would pray to God. And my mom would come down there. She'd look for me, and she would find me there. And we began to call it our secret place. Looking back, I know that my mom was just a little girl. She's just a girl. She's a baby. I didn't know that at the time because I was more baby than her, right? But she was just a baby. And she would talk to me. And if you talk to my mom today, she would really, she would remember and recollect very well. I would talk about God and what I was hearing and the voices I was hearing. I said all that to say, close with my mom. Let's go forward many years. My mom ends up with a brain tumor. She ends up with a brain tumor. This little girl, y'all know what I mean. Some of y'all are up in the age. You have the hoary hairs. You know, the Bible calls them hoary. You've got the gray hairs. You've got um, some, some experience on you, right? you got experience now, but you still feel like a young person. I know you do because I'm 46 and I still feel like a 16-year-old. I look in the mirror and I know I'm not supposed to be, but I still act and behave that way. But my mom, more than older than 60 now, she ended up with a brain tumor. And she was in the hospital. She's in the hospital. My dad, quite a bit older than her, he's out there with us talking to us about mom's tumor. It's benign, praise the Lord. Something that can be fixed, something that can be repaired. But it's a serious situation at that time. And we're scared. I'm especially scared because I don't know what I'll do without mama. You know what I mean? 46, at the time, 44 years. 44 years, and I haven't found anybody that will love me for who I am except for my mama. Everybody else, you have to behave. Can't let your guard down. But your mama loves you. You know what I mean? It's a spiritual thing. Your mama loves you. Your mama had a brain tumor. Hope for the best. It was benign. That's a good thing. Many people don't have uh, that luxury afforded to them. But my mom, um, she's in the hospital. I watched her suffer. I watched my father suffer, and I didn't want to leave him. And I stayed with him, and he talked to me about how much he loved Mama. It's hard to see a sensitive side of Dad because he's a man. When I measure myself as a man, I measure myself against my father. Probably, Probably should measure myself against Christ, but... His righteousness compared to mine makes mine look like filthy rags. So I look at Daddy, and Daddy's much more of a man than I am. 
He's not a coward. I'm a coward. He does what he says he's going to do. I don't. I, I admire him very much. When we sit there, it's infrequent that we get to talk. But, but, but challenges bring a family together. I talked to my dad. Dad talked to me. One night in particular, we got really tickled because we heard a nurse talking about someone who had, in her mind, committed adultery. Been caught in the act. Been caught in the act of adultery. God forbid. And this was a big woman. She's a big one, like I was. I can say it because I was a big one too. 330 pounds. <laughs> she wasn't that big, but she's a big one. She needs to lose some weight. But God bless her heart, she sit there and condemned and condemned and condemned and condemned. We're in the uh, intensive care place, and we could hear her out there talking about this woman who had committed adultery. God help her. Look at what she's did. Destroyed families. Destroyed lives. Well, an hour passed by. I'm not thinking anything about it. My dad, being who my my daddy is, he said, I want you to look out there. Look at that woman. Look at that woman. She's still talking about that woman who committed adultery. I said, yes. I didn't know what he was getting at. He said, I want you to look at her. I said, yeah. He said, she's overweight. I said, yeah, but daddy, don't go there. Don't go there. He said, look at what she's looking at on the screen. We beat your mama's buzzer because she's in pain three or four times. And ain't nobody coming here yet because that woman's, because they're a woman, that woman's out there looking at her computer. I said, yeah. He said, look at what's on her computer. She was searching for food. She's talking about somebody caught in adultery, but she's she's significantly, 100 pounds overweight, in the healthcare field, ignoring our buzzer, and looking at a computer screen at food, going back and forth. I mean, screen after screen after screen. And then he says, I wonder what she'd say about a man who was looking at pornography. He, My dad's a plain-spoken person. He said, look at her. He said, it's no different. He said, someone looking at pornography and her looking at food porn, no different, but she don't get it. I guess that's why the Bible says we shouldn't judge. We've all got problems. We've all got addiction. My dad made a good point that night. He made a point that whatever your vice is, you've got to defeat it. You've got to turn your back on it. You cannot live an abundant, healthy, and joyful life 
if you've given yourself over to any idol god. You can't. And food is one of the worst because we don't consider it a bad thing because our entire environment is, has given itself over to it. I'm not saying this to hurt you tonight. I'm saying to help you, to love on you. You don't think so? You think it's just some sort of outlet for me? I want you to think about something. How many other people are saying what I'm saying tonight? It takes courage. It takes a lot of courage to say these things. They're hard things. It will cause more people to judge me. This is what I'm called to do, is to help somebody that wants to be helped, to say that you're powerful. It's okay for you to love yourself. It's okay for you to be determined. It's okay for you to have self-discipline. It's okay for you to fix this. You've been called for more and two more. I want you to have the desires of your heart. And you can't do it if you keep eating yourself to death. You just can't do it. I try to pick out things that are the most vilest, the most incendiary, the most vulgar, the most vulgar things, things that you think are despicable, and compare them to your food addiction because it's all the same. And if you realize just because everybody else is doing it doesn't make it any less disgusting, maybe, just maybe, you'll pick up this tool called Shibboleth or Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, whatever it is. Maybe you'll pick it up and you'll get your life back. Maybe you'll detach from the food porn and you'll get your life back. I need to take a break. I'm tore up from the floor. I'll be right back.
Sentimental stuff. We got to get back started on our book. That's right. We got a little bit of time left. We'll see what the interest level is in going through this book, but it's a good book. Really is. I wish everyone would, would read this book. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I think it's second for me, and I've read many, many books. I've read so, so many books. For me, this little bitty book, very small book, you can read it in an hour and a half. So stick it only to the Bible. Act is the blossom of thought, and joy and suffering are its fruits. In other words, depending upon how you act, you'll get joy or you'll get suffering. Thus does a man or woman garner in the sweet and bitter fruitage of his own husbandry. Thought in the mind hath made us. What we are by thought was wrought and built. If a man's mind or a woman's mind hath evil thoughts, you may think, Thoughts of overeating and self-indulgence are not evil, but they're evil. If, you're, if your mind hath evil 
thoughts. Pain comes on you as comes the will, the ox behind. If one endure impurity of thought, self-discipline, joy follows that person as his own shadow. Man is a growth by law and not a creation by artifice, and cause and effect is an absolute and undeviating in the hidden realm of thought, as in the world of visible and material things. A noble and godlike character is not a thing of favor or chance, but is the natural result of continued effort in right thinking. Notice that right thinking doesn't come natural. It's an effort. By the way, your journal, your online journal, will help you with right thinking. It's an effort. It does not come natural to you and I to think rightly about food. It doesn't. It's an effort. The effect of long-cherished association with godlike thoughts and ignoble and bestial character by the same process is the result of the continued harboring of groveling thoughts. What does groveling mean? It means feeling sorry for yourself. It means sitting on the pity potty. When you have those type of thoughts, well, the conclusion is obvious. You have a failed and flawed and miserable life. Certainly, you're not living an abundant life, one full of joy, one full of peace. Let us continue. Man and woman is made or unmade. Listen, made or unmade by themselves. It's not my fault. I might have got, without exaggerating, a half a dozen emails today that They're not losing weight, and it's my fault. It's my fault. (laughs) Cracks me up. But yet you're made or unmade by yourself. (laughs) In the armory of thought, he or she forges the weapons by which they destroy themselves or also fashions the tools with which they build themselves heavenly mansions of joy and strength and peace. Think about the scripture. I'm not trying to insult you. Forgive me. Forgive my foolishness if I'm wrong. But yet I hear people every day talk about, one day I'm going to get a mansion in heaven. I'm going to get a mansion. I think it's short-sighted to think God is interested in building you a mansion in heaven. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the short-sighted one. Back in Cartersville, Georgia, we have a subdivision called the Waterford with a half-million-dollar-and-up homes in it, mansions. Do you think God's into that? I feel sorry for you. Maybe you still, maybe you feel sorry for me. I still love you. I hope you can still love me. Maybe you feel sorry for me because I don't believe that God's going to give me a big Waterford house. But I don't. I believe he's talking about the body. I'm living in this little home here 
one day I'll get a mansion. I'll get a celestial body. Maybe I'm crazy. Cray cray. I don't know. I don't know that it matters a hundred years from now what I'm doing on Blog Talk Radio. If you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> I can tell you this, though. Let me read it to you again. You're made or unmade by yourself. In the armory of your thought, you forge the weapons by which you destroy yourself or you build the tools up with which you create heavenly mansions of joy and strength and peace. When you got naked earlier and jumped up down in front of the mirror, butt naked, bare arse naked, did you see joy? Did you see strength? Did you see peace? That's what God wants you to see. By the right choice and true application of thought, man ascends to the divine perfection by the abuse and wrong application of thought. They descend below the level of the beast acting out on desires of instant gratification and overindulgence. Between these two extremes, self-discipline and overindulgence, are all the grades of character in man as their maker and master. So in other words, when you got bare arse naked and you jumped up down in front of the mirror, doesn't matter what kind of character you think you have. You may think you're a person of character, respect, and integrity, but you're not. If you looked in that mirror and you seen too much jiggling and itching, Scooby-Doo said, Dooby-Dooby-Doo! Whatever you think you be, you better be doing. You got to do to be. You got to do to be. Of all the beautiful truths pertaining to the soul, which have been restored and brought to light in this age, None is more gladdening or fruitful of divine promise and confidence than this, that man is the master of thought, the molder of character, and the maker and shaper of condition, environment, and destiny. think some of y'all should go out and purchase quickly. I don't get paid for it. Quickly, the book, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen. As a being of power, as a being of intelligence and love and the Lord of his own thoughts, man holds the key to every situation and contains within themselves that transforming and regenerative agency by which they make themselves what they will so in other words you're fat because that's what you wanted you're lean and healthy because that's what you wanted you're underweight because that's what you wanted you're the master you're the master you're the king you're the lord certainly ego left at the door understands 
that there is a king greater than us, and there is a Lord greater than us, and the name is Jesus. Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Emmanuel. But you are the master. You're the master of your thought. You're the master of your action. If you're not happy with your appearance, if you're not happy with the way you feel, it's because you're happy you're more happy with where you are. It's that simple, beloved. Man is always the master, even in the weaker and most abandoned state. But in the weakness and degradation, he or she is the foolish master who misgoverns their household. If you're overweight, it's because you're misgoverning your household. When they begin to reflect upon the condition and to search diligently for the law upon which the being is established, they then become the wise master. They direct their energies with intelligence, shows intelligence to live a moderate eating lifestyle, and fastening their thoughts to fruitful issues. Such is the conscious master, and man can only thus become by discovering within themselves the law of thought, which discovery is totally a matter of application, self-analysis, and experience. You've got to self-analyze. You've got to self-analyze. And you've got to start learning from your experience. If you're experiencing physical pain and mental and emotional pain because of your your material, your physical body's experience, you've got to change. You've got to. Life is too short not to change. Please change. Because if you change, you can help the world change. You can help your children change. You can help your grandchildren change. Because if you don't change, they don't have a hope. They need to be able to look to you. You need to be able to look to your children and grandchildren and say, do like I do. They may not, but you need to be living such a life that you can look at them and say, live like I'm living. You gotta break these generational curses. Will you be the one to break those generational curses in your own life and family's life? God, I hope so. Everything Shaboleth is doing is in vain if you don't. Here at Shaboleth, we're sacrificing life, existence, sanity. Because we believe that overindulging in food is killing so many more people than anything else in our world today. Obesity is the leading cause of all premature death. And I think more so, more than premature death of the physical body, premature death of the spirit, of a lively hope. I think we have a cause. I don't know how to finance it. I don't, how to, I don't know how to make it work. All I know to do is get up 
every day and walk miles and miles and miles and eat right in front of y'all. That's all I know how to do. That's all I know know to do to help you not be who I was. I was miserable, 330 pounds, miserable, prescription meds. Then when I lost the weight, I hated myself because I was still attached to an old identity. I was like an anorexic. Never was anorexic, but I was like an anorexic. In that, even when I got down to 220, 210, 200, I still look in the mirror and see a fat boy. You know, it's not healthy. It's not good. I don't want you to have that. I don't want you to see that. I want you to feel good about yourself. I don't want a Mitch and a James to take away your identity and make you feel bad about yourself. I don't want a Coach Puglies to make you feel bad about yourself. I want you to feel good about yourself. Because if you feel good about yourself, you'll put up boundaries and you'll prevent other people from taking advantage of you. I want you to stop being codependent. Your happiness being dependent upon pleasing other people. We need to stop all that. And the only way you can do that is to start this journey and finish this journey and to feel good about yourself. That's what I want for you to know. I hope you'll get up off your arse and fix it. Fix the things that need to be fixed. I'm out of time. I don't have any more time left. Nobody called in. I don't know if I helped anybody. I don't know if I didn't help anybody. I don't know if I made somebody happy. I don't know if I pissed somebody off. But I know this. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. And whether I'm talking to the trees or whether I'm talking to the sea, I have to talk. I have to get it off my chest. Pick up the tools that we offer you and use them. Use them. Set yourself on fire. Develop enthusiasm. Set yourself on fire tonight. Because when you do and you get fired up about getting this done and you have to have it more than anything else in the world, you set yourself on fire, the rest of the world will help you, will support you. Because they'll come and watch you burn, baby. Watch you burn. I love you guys. That's all I got for you tonight. May God bless you. I'm praying for you. I hope that you'll pray for me as well. I certainly need it. God bless.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.